Hi, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Jeff Lindquist, and I'm the executive and the worship arts pastor here at Gaten Church, and I am thrilled that you have tuned in today. I hope to bring uh, some words of encouragement and hope for you today um, as we delve into God's Word a bit and listen to what God has to say. January 10th, 2016 started like any other day. I woke up, came downstairs in my house, I went and got my cup of coffee, and I sat down at my computer to read the news, because I'm kind of a news junkie, and to check my text messages. And my text messages that day had been blowing up. And they all kind of said the same thing. They all said, so sorry for your loss. So sorry for your loss. And I'm thinking, what? What's happened? What changed? Who, who died? What's, wh-? And I was freaking out. And about that time, my wife came downstairs and go, have you heard the news? And I was like, no, no. But, but my texts, they're, they're, they're blowing up. And she goes, yeah, Bowie died. I have, have had uh, many influences in my life. And number one is Jesus. And number two has been my family, my mom and my dad. But musically, right below that, would be David Bowie. So when David Bowie died, it was, it was a big change for me. It was, it was a moment. And that's what everybody was, everybody knew that. All my friends knew that. And so they were, they were sending me condolences about David Bowie died, who I never met. But I always loved David Bowie. I always loved his music. And so when that happened, I started, as, as I have done, as some of my musical heroes have passed on, I started listening to his music and going through his catalog because I did own every single album that he, and CD that he ever recorded. And in one of those albums, actually his second, called Hunky Dory, the first song on it has a really interesting lyric, I've always thought. It says, turn and face the strange. Now some of y'all might know where that lyric comes from. Uh, If you're old enough to know when that record came out in 1971, you might have heard it. Those of you who weren't born in 1971 probably know it from the Shrek 2 album because, or movie, because it's there at the end of it. Changes. Turn and face the strange. Changes. And that's gotten me to thinking. So, Turn and face the strange. What is, what is turning and, and facing the strange? What is the strange? Changes. What is it about the strange that scares us? What is the strange? Now, when I think of strange, I think of like clowns in that movie, It kind of scary. Or I can remember as a kid at a pool party one time watching an old film from the 50s called The Blob. And that was pretty strange. The strange are things that we don't understand, right? You think of strange. What is it about the strange that, that makes me want to step away from it, that makes me scared, that makes me uncomfortable? from it. More often than not, it's probably because we don't understand it. Turn and face the strange. Change. 
Think about all the changes that you've had in your life. I can remember going off to college. That was a change. First time I'd ever been, really been away from home for any length of time. Now, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, I cried for a whole semester. I was so homesick. That was a change. How about getting married? Or what about when you had a child? That was certainly scary and a huge change. There was a guy in the Bible. His name was Moses. He's in um, a small book within the big book called Exodus. And in Exodus 3, Moses. Now Moses was a uh, Jewish man who was a slave in Egypt. He was the lowest of the low. And he happened to go out into the desert one day and God decided to talk to him. And he did it in a very unlikely way that I don't think anyone's seen ever since. He did it through a burning bush that wouldn't burn up. And he called Moses and he said, he said, hey Moses, I got something I want you to do. I want you to lead the Jewish people away from bondage, out of Egypt. And Moses, he went, what? And he protested. He said, yeah, I know. Okay, God, but. And God said, oh, it's okay. God, I got it. I know you're scared. I'll take care of it. What did Moses do? But what about this? God took care of that too. What? Okay. What about? No, I got that too, Moses. All right. But four times Moses protest. But here's the thing, God. I'm a terrible speaker. I, 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 I stammer and, and I get tongue-tied. And, and can't you get somebody else to do this? And God says, Moses, I got it. Have you ever had to move? I've moved several times. And one move was in particular I remember really well. My wife and I are living in Chesapeake in a church down in Albany, Georgia, which is down the southwest corner of Georgia, or as all the people from Atlanta will say, Albany, called me up and said, we'd like for you to come down to an interview for the worship arts director job. So I went, it went well, I came home. So they called me again, said, hey, We'd love for you to come back down. We'd like for you to bring your wife this time. Now remember, we're, we're still, we're not sure. We're a little skeptical. And so we hopped on the plane. We flew, you have to fly into Atlanta. And then we flew down to, to Albany and had a really great meeting with the church. And everybody was really friendly and nice. And, and, and we're still not really sure. Considering, but not sure. We're kind of in that, yeah, but stage. Now, if you've ever been to the Atlanta airport, you know the Atlanta airport is huge and it's got escalators everywhere. We're coming down the escalator and there's this huge ad, billboard, up above the escalators. And it had one word on it. Change. 
I don't believe in coincidences. And my wife and I, who are at that yeah, but stage, went, oof, I think somebody's trying to talk to me. We believed and know that God was calling us at that moment to do something. And so we did. And the four of us packed up all our belongings and moved from Chesapeake, Virginia, down to Albany, Georgia. 13 hours away from all our friends, all our family. We made that change. Today, we're going through, without a doubt, one of the biggest change moments in society's history, um, COVID, this pandemic. It has affected and, and, and forced upon us uh, changes and adaptations that we never saw coming. We didn't. And we're all going through it together. And it's affecting people in different ways. I understand that. It's, you know, some people are, are losing jobs. People are... are um, unable to see people, other people. We're unable to attend weddings. We're unable to attend funerals. It's just this massive moment of disruption. And for many of us, it has been really, really hard. We've turned and faced that strange and the strange that changes is, is not something that we like. And some of us are doing everything we can to turn and face the normal. My buddy's a uh, blogger and he sends me his articles. And he was writing back in May about the COVID uh, pandemic and, and the effect that it was having on different entities within our society. And he was talking about church this day and he said, and I'm going to paraphrase it just a little bit, but he was talking about our freedoms to be able to gather. And, and he said this, though. He said, because churches haven't been able to open and that we're not allowed together to gather, worship has stopped. I mean, I, that, that was a moment for me where I hit the rewind button. Worship has what? Stopped. And so I wrote my friend back via email. Thank you for sharing. I'm not sure I agree with you. Let me tell you about what we're doing at this church where I'm serving right now. We haven't stopped. Worship never stopped. We're doing, for example, we're doing online book studies with kids and with their parents so they can get to know Jesus better. We're doing a, we're doing a virtual VBS. Yeah, that's a, that's a change. Never done that before. And we're helping parents and helping kids again to know Jesus better or to even know that he exists. We're doing parades. We're going out into communities. We're celebrating people in a different way. Absolutely. We're doing online services. 
we have people singing and praising God. It's different, absolutely. Do I miss hearing a congregation sing? Sure. But did worship stop? Did the mission of our church stop? Absolutely not. So worship didn't stop. We've just had to adapt. And the funny thing is, is that our Bible, our guidebook, our our how-to book talks about change a lot. So what does the Bible say about change? There's several places I was going to point out. Uh, back in, in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is another Old Testament book near Exodus, which I talked about earlier. And, and the writer says, who is, happens to be Moses, remember Moses, our, our stutterer? He says, change your hearts and stop being stubborn. Later, he says, the Lord God will change your heart. Change your heart. This is something that we actually say and we sing it. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever new, different. We seek for that change and we're actually called to change. The big three uh, commandments that are found in the Bible, that were given to us by Jesus, all require change. Don't love yourself. Don't love idols. Love God. That's a change. Don't love yourself. Love other people. Love your neighbor. That requires a change. And another change, which Moses said he had a hard time with, Go tell people, go talk to people. Go tell people about Jesus and salvation, which we call the Great Commission. A third change. Three changes that, we, that we're called as Christians to do. Three sacrifices, three strange things for us to do. God requires change. He wants us to change. He doesn't want us to be the same. Otherwise, if he did, he would say, don't change. Stay where you are. There is a comfort in this. Despite seeing the changes, making those adaptations that we've had to do, and reading about how we're called to change, to become new people, to be born again, there's a comfort, and it's this. God will never change. Kind of ironic, isn't it? It's a mystery. God, thankfully, will never change. The Bible reminds us this. The writer of the book called Hebrews, which is a letter to the Jewish people, says, Jesus Christ will be the same yesterday Today and forever, he will never change. A prophet, an early prophet, Malachi, 
tells us, for I, the Lord, will not change. I do not change. And we can find comfort in that. We can find hope in that. We can find peace in that, knowing that God, there is one thing in our life that will never, ever change. When he makes a promise, he keeps it. If he says he's going to listen to you when you talk to him, we call that prayer. He promises that he will listen to you. He promises that if you seek him, you will find him. There is a yeah but in that though, because he says, you will search for me and you will find me when you look for me with all of your heart. All of your heart. You will find him. And we should be able to find encouragement in that, that you will find him if you seek him. Change is good. Having to make adaptions are good. We shouldn't look at them and go, oh, it's so strange. I don't like it. Let me turn away. Let me run away. There is good in change. So my call to you today is this. Will you allow yourself to change? The change could be so simple as just opening up your ears, your eyes, your heart, and allowing God to talk to you. That could be your change. Your change could be, hey, I'm gonna get out of my comfort zone just a little bit, and, 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 and I'm going to actually talk to somebody about Jesus. I'm going to go and I'm going to serve others and love on others. I'm going to love God instead of loving my idols. That could be the change. That could be what you're being called to do. And I encourage you today to allow yourselves to do that. Turn. Face the strange. Change. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are easily scared. We're easily stubborn. We easily get set in our ways and we fight and resist anything that takes us out of our comfort zone. But we, Lord, we know that all things are possible through you because you are a God who does not change. You are a God who keeps his promises you are a God who sent a son who said I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again you kept your promise help us Lord help us 
to allow you into our lives, to listen for you, to give us wisdom, to give us power, because we know that all things are possible. All things are possible through you. For it's in your precious son's name that we gather here today, and it's through your precious son's name of Jesus Christ that we talk with you today.